Hi, I'm Dave Isay, founder of StoryCorps. This message comes from NPR sponsor Subaru. The 2022 Subaru Crosstrek has the capability to take you anywhere with its standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and fuel-efficient 34 MPG. Love is out there. Find it at Subaru Crosstrek. If you're lucky enough, depending on where you live, you might have neighbors you can count on. Maybe they bring you your mail, or they have your spare key. And sometimes, they become a bigger part of your life than you expected. In this episode, we're going to hear about a neighbor who showed up in the most unexpected way. It's the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. I'm Camila Kashani. Back in 2016... Glendon Jr. Booth and his three young kids moved into a new apartment building in Austin, Texas. It was for families facing homelessness, and they were the first ones to live there. And then came Jennifer Hedrogo, who's a single mom of five. I was a very busy mom, and I didn't take the time at the beginning to really talk to my neighbors. I had been trying to deal with a divorce and raising my kids, but when I slowed down a little bit more is when I got to know them a little better. Junior would stop me sometimes. He would just want to talk. And and I would let him. His wife had left, and I knew he was just kind of alone. He just needed a friend. I would give him some parenting tips or listen to his stories of his wild childhood. But mostly it was just about his kids. Jen also came to StoryCorps with her daughter, Charlie, and Junior's daughter, Lily Rose, to look back on those early days. You're going to hear parts of both of Jen's recordings. You seemed like one of those cool and young moms. You just seemed like a very nice, caring person. So true. (laughs) Why do you think our families became close? I think it was because of our parents. First off, like, they became friends, and then we became friends. We would always say, we wish we were sisters. Yeah. Little did they know, that's exactly what would happen within the year. I remember I had a stomach bug, and then my dad's stomach started hurting after So we thought that I gave it to him. I saw that my kids would notice Junior wasn't feeling good or he would be like a little bit more in pain or something. So they would have the girls come in and do their hair or do their nails, you know, just kind of keep them occupied to also keep Junior not worrying about them. And then um, we went to the hospital because it kept getting worse. And they said he had pancreatic cancer. I was thinking to myself, okay, what do I got to do to fix this? Let me try to help when he needs to go to the doctor and things like that. We would all pack up in the car and we would go to the hospital to go see my dad. We would just like talk and listen to music and it was very nice seeing y'all's family just get together to come help ours. Over the next couple of months, Junior got sicker and sicker. And then he made me his medical power of attorney. And I was taken aback a little because I'm like, we don't know each other that well. But that was kind of an honor for me. And I can see the worry in his eyes every day. He was scared about what would happen to the kids if he died. And I remember in one of the conversations that Junior and I had telling him, Look, I know that this would be a big responsibility, but 
I would be willing to take them if something happened to you. When I saw his eyes go from complete anguish to peace, that made me feel good. Like he trusted me even with his children. You know, I totally meant it, but I didn't believe that that would happen. And then he found out they were only giving him six months to live. Not long after that, Junior went into hospice and his kids went with Jen. There was one morning we were going to go to the hospital to go see my dad. And I remember we got in the car. I was singing to a song and had my eyes closed. And then I remember like opening my eyes, looking and everyone's crying. And I'm like, what happened? And so I look at my sister and she tries to tell me something about my dad. And But she couldn't. And so my brother, he had to stop crying to tell me that my dad passed away. And it just felt like the longest car ride ever. I think that's when it hit me. And I was like, I don't know what to do. Junior, why did you leave? Like, I don't know what to do. I think we all were in this tragic moment, but we were all in it together. After the break, how two families learn to become one. Stay with us. Hi, this is Dave Isay, founder of StoryCorps. Support for our podcast and the following message comes from Morgan Stanley, a proud sponsor of StoryCorps. Morgan Stanley is committed to giving back and to fostering meaningful dialogue among people and communities. See how Morgan Stanley, through demonstrating their core values, is giving back to the communities where they live and work at morganstanley.com. Can you tell me more about your dad? Tell us what he was like. My dad could never say no to anyone. He was a very caring person. He was really funny. Yeah, he was. What about him made you smile? Whenever he would like sing with me or read me stories. Whenever we'd play games or when he would tickle me or tuck me in. He was so in love with his children. I remember him always telling me, I just hate that this is happening to them. He felt like he was letting them down. And I would try to tell him like, it's not your fault, none of this is your fault. He felt bad that they were going through things and that they were gonna probably go through more. After losing their dad, Junior's three kids had to adjust to their new reality, living with Jen and her kids permanently in her two bedroom apartment. Were you scared to move in with us? I would admit I was. I thought my whole life was ruined. I was like, I can't live without my dad. There's no way I can live with my neighbor, even though we were close. I'm like, this is still a stranger to me. But my fear was when my dad died that 
I was going to probably end up in foster care, and I didn't want that to happen to me. And I knew that my whole life was going to change. Yeah, it made me have to grow up faster because all of a sudden I had little siblings, and I had to step up. It just changed so much, and, like, I had to share my mom with three other kids. And we got raised differently. We didn't have the same rules. It was hard at first because, you know, we were all living a certain way. And then y'all come in and we have to, you know, change everything for y'all. It was hard adjusting. But, I mean, we're doing it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Charlie, when did we first start to feel like sisters? It was the last day of summer, so we all were up very late at night. And we were sneaking food from the kitchen like our snacks that my mom got for the first for day school. of school. <laughs> Just doing what sisters do. We hid under blankets and hid, ate it together. <laughs> you sneaky kids. <laughs> you know, we fight sometimes because we're siblings. When I talk to y'all, I say mom. Like, it's not like I say my mom. It's like we're all just a family. It's normal. I can share anything with you without feeling like, why did I say that? You know, mm-hmm. I can tell you things and trust you with that. When we had the adoption ceremony, I was happy because it was official that you're my sister. It was August 16th of 2019, and I felt love all around it, like surrounding the whole day, the whole everything. We literally all felt that that day. I didn't have my dad there. And I felt like I was moving on, but honestly, I'm not because I still think about him all the time. It was such a happy moment. The best day of my life was getting adopted. Y'all became officially my babies that day. Y'all had already been that to me. But to have all of y'all there, all my eight kids... (laughs) (laughs) That was beautiful to me. I'm just very, very thankful for you in that you're my mom. You're like the backbone of everything. I kind of feel the same way. I'm thankful for that, for sure. It's been a hard road for all of us. But it is growing us in so many ways, you know? And y'all are the best parts of that. I want to say one last thing. I love y'all. I'm always going to be there for you, no matter what. And I hope that I never get to lose y'all. I'm here. I love y'all so much. I'm so glad that we get to share this with each other. Well, Lily Rose used to tell me, Mom, you, you saved us. And sometimes I would think, like, in a way, they saved me as well. And I feel like I've learned so much more about myself in it. The good, the bad, the ugly, all of that. And it's also led to me figuring out that this is my calling, is to be a mom. My mom always said, like, you never even liked kids. How did how did you have so many? And I'm like, I don't know, mom. <laughs> you know how people say sometimes, like, they try to run from whatever they're called to do. And I can't. I can't run. And I don't want to either. That was Jen Hedrogo. She spoke with her daughters, 
Charlie, and Lily Rose. That's all for this episode of the StoryCorps podcast. It was produced by Eleanor Vasili and edited by Jasmine Morris, who's our executive editor. Our technical director is Jared Floyd. Our fact checker is Natsumi Ajisaka. To see what music we use in the episode, go to storycorps.org, where you can also check out original artwork by Lynn Lucien. For the StoryCorps podcast, I'm Camila Kashani. Catch you next week. This podcast is brought to you by supporters of StoryCorps, an independently funded nonprofit organization, and is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people.